This episode of Undercommon Taste is sponsored by... Fireball Forge and How Not to DM proudly present their very first Kickstarter, Too Hot, One Shot. Can you survive the spicy gauntlet and emerge victorious? If you love hot food, action, and adventure, you'll love Too Hot, One Shot. Eat spicier and spicier food in real life to give your character a better chance of success in the game. Guaranteed to create amazing videos to send to family and friends or share online. Spice up your next home game night with fun new rules and an original 5e adventure, or snag the basic rules for any other TTRPG. There are also awesome tiers with VTT maps and tokens, your name in the thank you section, and even a custom t-shirt from Gemmed Firefly. Too Hot One Shot is currently fully funded and burning towards stretch goals now. Check out the episode notes for a link or search Too Hot One Shot on Kickstarter. Welcome to Undercommon Taste. This is a podcast where we create and discuss homebrew content for tabletop RPGs. And today, I'm really excited to find out what this dragon has, bro. Yeah, I went for the corporate pun. I'm not going to apologize. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Ian Woodworth. I'm joined by my co-host, James Daly. And today, we have two very special guests with us, Greg Tito and Shelly Mazinoble, the co-hosts of Dragon Talk, the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Greg, Shelly, welcome to Undercommon Taste. Thank you. <laughs> very excited to be here on this Friday evening. Yes, very excited to have you, but thank you so very much. Oh, thanks for having us. I think by certain metrics, you may be the highest profile guest we've had. Sweet. The only real big running contender is Jonathan Pruitt from WebDM. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah so Sweet. he's awesome. Yeah, we, we are thrilled yes. to have you with us here tonight. Me too. Yes, we appreciate the invitation. Thank you. (laughs) So in case we have people who listen to our podcast who are not familiar with Dragon Talk, the official Dungeons and Dragons podcast, can you give us a minute to uh, introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about yourselves and the podcast that you run? We can indeed. Do it. Do it. (laughs) Okay. Okay, okay. I am Shelly Mazinoble, as you mentioned. I am the co-host of Dragon Talk, along with the fabulous Greg Tito. Dragon Talk is the official D&D podcast. It has been around for at least seven years. The origin of Dragon Talk is (laughs) shrouded in mystery, which we do talk about in our new book, Welcome to Dragon Talk. But the official D&D podcast is a mostly weekly podcast where we aim to shine a light on some of the really amazing content creators, the talented and passionate, enthusiastic community that makes up this D&D hobby, and just get a chance to talk to people who are either creating cool stuff in the D&D world or just off doing their own thing, but they happen to be really passionate D&D fans. And we love the idea of showing people how wide this community really is, how diverse this community is, and that really D&D is a game that everyone can enjoy. People who are musicians, people who are therapists, people who are professional football players, people who are cosplayers, people who make beautiful, amazing maps, actors, directors. Everybody has a place in the D&D community, and we are especially excited to get a chance to show off I know why Greg is smiling. (laughs) (laughs) To show off some of the people, the creators who maybe wouldn't get that spotlight on them otherwise. So that is, in a nutshell, Dragon Talk. (laughs) And I'm laughing because uh, Shelly pronounced it especially. Especially. (laughs) I I caught that clip in the most recent episode. (laughs) We're talking talking about going in to record Uh, the audiobook. (laughs) I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But yeah, it's just... (laughs) been several decades of mispronouncing that word it's called a dialect <laughs> it's a dialect it's okay thank you yes the yes. upper upstate upstate new york that's awesome Love it. Uh, well i show you did such a great introduction i don't have to do anything about dragon talk but so i'll just say i'm greg tito i am the other co-host i have the wonderful uh, pleasure that's the word i'm thinking of, <laughs> of being able to talk every week with shelly about all of the fun stuff that she just mentioned 
And it would not have happened if she hadn't invited me to come on a podcast in early 2015. Hey, we're going to go do a podcast. You want to come? And I was like, yes, let's do it. I want to. It sounds fun. <laughs> and uh, we have been running, you know, ever since trying to highlight different folks, both within the building uh, for Wizards of the Coast, all the designers and people who are making games there. And then, of course, all of the folks outside of the community since then, uh, bringing them all together and highlighting that you can be a well-rounded person and love Dungeons and Dragons, too. I think even as recent as 2015, people still held a lot of stereotypes and judgment about what types of people play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And we wanted to make sure Dragon Talk was shining a light to dispel, do dispel all of those stereotypes and banish them to the seventh layer of hell. Because <laughs> that's just not the reality. The reality is you need friends, you get around a table, and you get so much out of this game that you don't even realize uh, as you're doing it and inspiring people around you to make drawings, to make maps, to paint miniatures, to create performances based on their D&D characters and all that. And it's just been a wonderful wild ride. And this book that we wrote over the last couple of years, Welcome to Dragon Talk, inspiring conversations about Dungeons and Dragons and the people who love to play it. It really all gets summed up right in that subtitle, that very long <laughs> subtitle that is the third long subtitle that Shelley has uh, on her uh, library of, of works made. That There's a word for that. That's called something. Bibliography. bibliography. That's the one. Yes. <laughs> Your bibliography has long subtitles. But no, it yes. really is true, this one, because it is. It's just each week inspires us to do better in our day jobs of getting the word out there about Dungeons & Dragons. And we hope that... That shines a light on everyone uh, who listens and all the people that we bring on. And that's the major tenet of what this podcast and this book is all about, is lifting up the folks in the community. I personally, I love the long subtitles. It reminds me of the old uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons that would come on like when I was getting mm -hmm. ready to go to school. So you'd have like the Fractured Fairy Tales and then like the long subtitle underneath. Yeah, so that, those always made me happy. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but that's <laughs> totally <Yeah>. an inspiration. <laughs> and there really are all flavors of guests. I mean, oh, yeah. because you just passed 400 episodes. That's amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, yeah, if you want to go through the back catalog, there are big names. There are people that you may not have heard of, depending on what fandoms and what genres you 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 fall into. Follow. So, yeah. yeah, it's there really is an interview for everybody. Totally. Yeah. And I'm glad you said 400 episodes. We actually aren't sure how many episodes. It's there a mystery. The whole thing is a mystery. Well, the most recent numbered episode had a 399 on it. It's true. Uh oh. But the last three or four don't have a number attached to them. And I don't know. The reason why that's muddy, and we had to do this research. Art start at zero. Yeah. yeah. You should just start right here. This is the first episode right now. We'll just start this week. <laughs> Here's your clock odometer over again. But the reason why that's confusing is because the RSS feed that Dragon Talk currently is on is the one that Acquisitions Incorporated started on in 2008 with their live play sessions with the guys from uh, Penny Arcade and Chris Perkins and folks playing through those games. And so when we came on and wanted to make it more of a weekly, more interview style podcast, we had to be like, all right, where do we draw the line? How do we move from live play to that? And so there's a lot in there in the early years that is a mystery. As Shelley said, nebulous. We we nebulous. Really like the term nebulous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think it it goes with Dungeons and Dragons. Like it yeah. shouldn't be a mystery. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you have some lore. <laughs> yes, we've got would some it, lore. Would it accurately be called arcane? Would it, would that totally. would that fit that definition? I think that fits yes. that definition. Roll me an Arcana check, please, and I'll yes. tell you if that's true or not. Let's see here. Oh, my dice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. They just that's went a, that's a two, so that's completely yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> that's that is inconclusive. You're not sure if it's R dash candy cane. Uh, you're not sure. <laughs> see, the solution is you just stop numbering and then you call it season two episode. Yes. Oh, yes. oh yeah. yeah. And then you can start re renumbering. <laughs> That's uh, a good one. So just kind of go ahead. We've got this introduction. So if you were real life D and D characters, what do you think your classes would be? Mm. I mean, not the ones that we like playing, but the ones that we actually are. Uh, yes. Yeah. Ooh, that's tough. I mean, we'll ask which ones you like playing too afterwards. But <laughs> which class best represents you in real life? Um. This might be one of the ones that I actually play a lot too, which is probably a bard in some way. I would be the 
one of the types I like to play is a theater person bard, okay. someone who's not necessarily a performer or a dancer or knows how to play a musical instrument, but they can produce a show. And okay. that sometimes takes a little bit of magic, it does, a little absolutely. bit of jack of all trade skills there as well. So I think in real life, I would be a bard. And especially since I need to, uh, you know, recharge my batteries uh, each time <laughs> I, I do something like that and cry quietly while I recover my Totally know those feels. Yay, introverts. <laughs> Yay! The College of Stagehands. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. We yes. should make one of those. That would be it's kind amazing. of awesome, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I would be a little multi-class, maybe. That's it's fair. kind of a cheat, but I do think, like, I have a titch of a bard in there, a titch of a paladin, but, like, real small. I do think there's quite a bit of warlock in me, though. That'll happen. It does happen. Nothing wrong, but yeah, I, I'm totally yeah. good with that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay with that. What feet would you, would you have the hosting feet? <laughs> yes. Not cooking, but the host feet. The, uh, yes. What's yeah. wrong with my cooking, Greg? No, you're cooking. Oh, 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 someone's throwing shade. Ouch. Now, <laughs> and now I'm fired. a fire. <laughs> I know. Now I'm a barbarian. Now. <laughs> oh, oh, she, she, she would like to rage. <laughs> I, I would like to valid. rage. I, I yes. do not want Under Common Taste to become the podcast that killed Dragon Talk. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. Let's, let's change well, maybe we can put Dragon Slayer tag. I mean, that would be kind of an awesome tag to have. Not for this, but I mean, that would be a yeah. pretty woody tag to carry. But yeah, no. We'd... I don't know. It's like, I don't know what happened. They showed up, they were dressed alike, and then like, they just... <laughs> Seemed like her, everything was her, going great. Her hors d'oeuvres. He was something, like, said something about cooking, and then stuff got started getting thrown. Something about, something about like three puff pastry bites, and she was went off the handle. They weren't crazy. even in the same house, and there was stuff going on. <laughs> Throwing our wine at each she other. Threw a, a shoe at me. <laughs> That's amazing. I will not throw oh, I love the wine. That. <laughs> Absolutely love that. Hey, so. We all have our favorite characters and our favorite character classes that we like to play, but everyone remember, well, almost everyone remembers their first character. What was your first character? Let's start with Shelly. What was your first character? She is. Oh, we even have minis. I do, because she just sits right next to me. She is my beloved Astrid Bellagio, elf sorceress. Um, that was it. She was my first. I had no idea anything about D&D or what I was about to get into, but elf felt right. Like, of course, I'm going to be an elf. And I definitely wanted to do something with magic. And sorcerer just felt cooler to me. Uh, I love and she that. Yeah. And she was. I will always remember Astrid. Always love her. I will never pull her back out and play her again because I'm just too scared something would happen to her. <laughs> In my world... She has retired from adventuring, but she teaches magic in Sharn because okay. my first campaign was in Eberron. So I just feel like she kind of just, she was like, I like it here. I'm staying. City of Sharn. It's for Good me. Good deal. I love that. Yeah. Mine, oh. first one, well, I had a few like fits and starts. I tried to run a game when I was younger and that didn't work, but then I tried to join them. So the only one I really remember is the one I played in the campaign in New York City. I had just moved there. I came from a kind of a Catholic background, and my mom was aware that I was interested in Dungeons and Dragons, but wouldn't really let me make any friends or, you know, drive me to anywhere to play. And so I just kind of was like, well, you know, whatever, I'll put it on the shelf and maybe I'll pick it up later. And then I was like living in New York for like four years and married and doing all types of professional things. And I was like, wait a second, no one's telling me to stop playing D&D anymore. I can, <laughs> I can do this on my own. <laughs> and so I found a group and I rolled up a half-elf ranger and that was my first character his name was todd hedron he uh was shortened to toad he was kind of not <laughs> liked in his village because of his half elf nature and so they called him toad and uh i played them him all the way up uh, level one to level 22 wow the age of worms campaign and uh that i will always remember toad for that reason awesome yeah i yeah. love first character stories my, yeah. my first character was also a half elf ranger. Tannis half elven, that's part of it. Aragorn, you got a lot of. I, I never actually to got on. to. I never actually got to play with that character. That was one. Oh. You know, I rolled it up, and then the game never happened. That was in high school, and I lived, you know, ten minutes away from everybody else out in the sticks in rural Southwest Virginia, and you know, it was probably for the best because he made me roll for my starting hit points. <laughs> and so and so you I had one. a yes, I did. So I had two hit points 
<laughs> I was I had an AC of 14 and two hit points. I would have been, you know, I would have fallen down to the first stiff breeze that came across. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's yeah. stay in the back and just shoot your arrows. That's what the rangers are good at. Yeah. My first character was actually a half orc cleric. Mm. Um, oh wow! A uh, neutral evil cleric and um, round level 10 unwisely challenged a dire baboon and. Um, Dropped to zero and was out. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah, I actually lost my first character. He died. But it was a great adventure up until that point. Level 10, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, No, I mean, he had a good run. He just made a poor choice, and the DM's dice was hot, and mine were very much not. And, uh, oops. <laughs> I'm curious, what drew you to a cleric, at, like, for your oh, first character? I like the magic users. It kind of fit. I was thinking wizards, but wizards are kind of squishy. So it gave me some survivability, but I could still do a bit of damage with magic. So yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, the, yeah. the first character that I actually got to play was a dwarf cleric during the D&D Next playtest. Oh. Oh. And the reason I played a cleric was because Paladin wasn't available for the playtest yet. <laughs> 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 uh, but it, yeah. but his, yeah. his name is Oscar Stoneburner, and he is a nice. cleric of tear, and we call him Short Angry God Man because he has a charisma of six. <laughs> yeah. I love he's it. A, he's, yes. he, he's a war cleric, and he has a charisma of six, and he just, he doesn't give out his healing spells. His healing spells are so that he can walk up into combat and heal himself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's like, yeah. He's a selfish he's like, cleric. He's like, if you wow. want healing, you can go to the alchemist and buy potions of healing. <laughs> so he's not well liked. Wow. Well, wow. we have the charisma of six. He, yeah. he, he doesn't really care. I, I get it. Yeah. You lean into that. You're really, yeah. you're really playing your your character true to type. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And I love Ian does great role play at the table. And that is one of the things I love at the table is even from a new character or an experienced character, when you're sitting with friends and you start doing this role play and you can kind of see aspects of your friends or characters or watch these characters come to life. And that for me really is the magic of the game. It's all of that kind of coming together. Yeah, Totally. Yeah. And I love too how that portion or that aspect of role-playing games has been highlighted these last few years too. Like yeah. I think you, with the rise of streaming, with the rise of podcasts and, and people consuming campaigns as entertainment in and of themselves, it wouldn't be as fun if they were just like, well, I rolled 17. Do I hit? Right. Okay. I did damage. Great. All right, move on to the next room. Like it needs to have that story and that, those characters. And so that's awesome that A, that you came in Ian, right at the right time, right? With D&D yeah. Next. That's where it all came together. Did you know that in our book is maybe the first time we're saying this out loud that my co-host was the person who named D&D Next? Oh. I think I, think I was. That, that, sure. make, that makes sense because you're marketing, right? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Do you think they just threw that <laughs> threw that out one day in a meeting and then everybody just ran with it? So that, we put it, it we put it in the book and if anyone <laughs> I'm gonna give people 14 days to contest that after the oh, book is official. out. And if nobody claims that they were the ones who came up with it, it's my title officially. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I think that goes under the It's official... like probate. <laughs> yeah. The legal definition of uh no backseas. Out of here. Oh no, are I they going to shoot you? <laughs> you got snake attacked by or snake attacked by kobolds. <laughs> yes, really did. They're very tiny and also dragon like. Goodbye. Goodbye. Two of them together, so they're pack tactics, wow. you know. Yes. This is what they Out. call a raid on Twitch, right? When you think so. Yes. Are, are you being swatted? <laughs> so much. Uh, you guys, oh. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> My son knows where I am. I know where you sleep. <laughs> so, so much for the, I'm going to be busy. Do not bother me. Right. Well, Lecture I mean, that happened right before this. <laughs> uh, that was too tempting. That was like, please yeah. bother me. Don't bother yes. her. Hmm. Why? That's all hmm. right. So listening, and I've, I've listened to some of your previous stuff. And again, you guys both started around third edition 3.5, correct? Yeah, 3.5. So, so going through in the 80s coming up, and I've heard you guys talk about some of your favorite authors, things like uh, Weiss and Hickman, Salvatore, Lackey, all of these great authors that, you know, were very prolific in the late 80s, early 90s, even into the 2000s. Have any of these kind of influenced you or any good memories of them and how you play or how you create? 
Absolutely. I mean, I love, I devoured the Dragonlance novels, the Chronicles and the Legends when they were coming out. I remember going into Walden Books and B. Dalton uh, in, yes. uh, and, and, and Aww, the smaller R. shops. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Back when malls had bookstores, boys and girls. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Back when we Back had when we malls. had malls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then I, uh, I, after I was done with that, I was like, man, I need some more. I, I did read the Waterdeep Chronicle, or, or there's a novel called Waterdeep in a triptych of no- or trilogy of novels that has to do with the time of the Troubles in the Forgotten Realms. I did read those, and those all came back to me. But then I started being like, well, I need more. I need more. I need other fantasy. And so I found Tad Williams in the 90s and George R.R. R. Martin after him. And yeah. those, I think, more than some of the D&D novelists, those were the ones that kind of, because they were the ones that I chose when I was at the right moment, right? Like 15, yeah. 14 years old, where I was like, oh, these are the authors that I found. And it didn't have any branding or anything associated with it. So those are the ones that I gravitate towards. And it was really great. Actually, we actually got to talk to Tad Williams uh, on Dragon Talk back in like one of the early years, like 2016 or so. Um, and that was one of the few ones that we talked to where I was like, is there a D&D connection here? Who cares? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, he, and I even asked him, he's like, do you play it? He's like, no, I don't. And we're like, oh, okay. Uh, well, you know, but you're, a lot of your novels have gaming, you know, in it. And he's like, yes, well, and yeah. I have consulted for video games and things like that. So he's like certainly aware of all of it. But that was really just a fan service for me to go in and be like, oh, yeah, let's talk to, you know, one of these authors that I have been inspired and emulated by. And even he doesn't need to be necessarily be a gamer and a player on his own to be inspired by Dungeons and Dragons as well, right. because he was writing stuff that had one one of his series has a fantasy game like almost like vr that you can go into and i i love that because it was mid 90s so it was before mmos really took off but he was envisioning this world of this going into a vr space and playing in the worlds that i was reading about and for me that's D D. like that's the fantasy is that you love the world building and everything that goes around a fantasy world and then you get to play in it you get to have that feeling of being in that world even though we won't necessarily ever have that real experience um that's the fantasy for me i for the life of me unfortunately can't remember the guest names but it was a few weeks back that ian and i had and he he summed it up perfect with with dnd and at the table he called it a shared dream yeah and that fits so perfectly do you remember which guest that was ian i think that was rob during our episode 100 Yes, yes, it was. As Rob Hilferty from World Build With Us. Yeah, that's and awesome. That surmised everything so perfect. It's just that shared dream, that shared experience. And yes, no, absolutely perfect. Yeah. I like shared dream too, like because yeah. it feels even more just something that you yeah because it's more more than just a it's more than just an experience right yeah there there is something visceral about the communal storytelling of DD that you don't get from other media and it's i like the word dream too because it's ephemeral you can't really explain it to someone right who wasn't there at the table with you who wasn't having that dream with you if you're like well i slayed the dragon there was all this and they're like did you really Uh. did you really slay the dragon (laughs) we're like well yeah in the shared dream space yeah, <laughs> around the table. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, that's exactly it is. You get to share this dream space. You get to share this image of the thing. And yeah. it's just, yeah, no, at this. Emotions can be high. Yeah. They can be excited. You can be yeah. angry. You can have all of these things in your all. And speaking to a few musicians who also really love to play Dungeons and Dragons, like John Darnielle or Rhett Miller from the old 97s, like, they and they kind of like oh yeah it is a little bit similar it's the only experience that is like D in that way and that like shared experience is i think a band on stage and the audience right where there, yeah. there is a push and a pull and there is an experience that is goes beyond you know standing in front of instruments that are making sonic vibrations that hit our you know like there's there's something more that happens there yeah. right and so yeah. I, that's what i think D kind of gets that's the closest comparison that i can make for people who have not played before to be like there is this energy in the air and you don't really know what it is or where it came from it's not drug induced mostly you know it is <laughs> <Mostly>. really <laughs> yeah right you know and it has elements of performance in it right it has elements of you know, there can be sound and things that can enhance it if you're using something like Sirenscape or something like that to enhance it. But like, it is that weird shared experience between everybody there. That's that bardic magic you were talking about at the beginning. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, me, so I think this is a selling point when talking about D&D, but I'm not a fantasy fan, typically. Like, I don't gravitate towards... Like I never read fantasy. Well, I you know I read The Hobbit, things like that. <laughs> Everybody has read The Hobbit, yeah. I read Harry Potter. You know those. I didn't even know that this was a world that existed when I was growing up. So, okay. but 
As an adult working at Wizards of the Coast in the publishing department, I have been extremely lucky to have spent time with Margaret Weiss, Tracy Hickman, and R.A. Salvatore because I was working in our publishing department while we were publishing their books and helping to organize their book tours. And I will say you will not meet three more giving, more generous, more grateful people than Margaret Weiss, Tracy Hickman, and Ari Salvatore when it comes to being with their fans. And I have seen them both doing book tours. I have seen lines winding throughout entire bookstores. I have seen the lights trying to turn off at the Barnes and Noble while Bob <laughs> Salvatore is still like, no, there's 30 people still in line. I have to talk to them all. And I just think that is a couple of things. One, it really, that's where this whole idea that D&D is bigger than just imagination game started to really seed in my mind because, wow, these were some extremely passionate fans that weren't just like, oh, a new book by an author I like, will you sign my copy? Okay, bye. It was like, I need to tell you how your words have touched my life and have saved me and have brought me peace or brought me a friend when I didn't feel like I had a friend. And how many people have said that they related to Dritz and like that was me in high school and like, you know, you gave me such comfort and Bob will just sit and he just listens to everyone and he's so genuinely excited to meet people and so touched by their words and he's been doing this for a long time he has met a lot of people and he will wait for every single person to get through a line he will give the last person in line the same time the same energy the same concentration that he does for the first person in line and the other thing was that taught me for all of them is do not take anyone for granted this community is so important and when somebody is because i mean obviously like i would aspire to be like ari salvatore margaret weiss or tracy hickman in my life ever but if you have that opportunity to create something that has impacted somebody's life you give them that, that space to to share that with you and it's really it's not yeah it probably feels really good to be told <laughs> I like how your words have really impacted my life, but it's important for them to hear that. It's important for them to have to give that to you. And so for, yeah. it's it's important for you to receive that from them. They're just they were so gracious. And I never I always marveled at like, you have been here for like two and a half hours. And all <laughs> I'm doing is making sure that you have a Sharpie that writes and that you still have water. <laughs> and I am so tired. And they were just on the whole time. And they never could have kept going they just would have kept going and it's just it was always just so inspiring to see how they treat their fans and it's just something to aspire to for for yeah. everybody for all of us i mean you have fans of your podcast and when you know i'm sure you're very gracious to hear people say hey i really appreciate you do and the work that you do it's and it's important for you to hear it but i do think it's important for people to share that as well so receive it receive it all graciously and that's, that's like a D&D &D game too, right? Like yeah. you're, you're yes. not dungeon mastering to the wall. You're dungeon mastering to people. <laughs> and, and it's all about the back Given and the forth yeah. and the audience and the performer. And that role gets shifted around <laughs> over the course of the, the evening. And yes. that's part of what makes it magical. Indeed. Speaking of authors and writing, the current book notwithstanding, both <laughs> of you have some writing credits to your names. Could you to go into a little bit of detail on... What sort of writing stuff you did before this book and how your previous work affected your getting into Wizards, getting into the podcast and how your career has progressed? Um, I'll, I'll jump in. I always wanted to be a writer. That was one of the goal. When people asked me when I was a kid, you know, 10 or 12, we're like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to write books. And, you know, it doesn't always work out exactly the way you dream of it being. So I went to, and I was also passionate about theater. So I wrote plays for a long time. Actually, I, as soon as I left college, I was producing theater and making that happen and had a, a small theater group that produced stuff in New York off, 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 off Broadway in like little podunk, you know, 50 seat theaters. <laughs> and that was super fun. I loved it. It was very, you know, visceral. It reminded me a lot of the gaming thing because the audiences weren't, you know, crazy huge, but they could be some of the most engaged audiences you'll have because of the small size and that kind of like not a lot of separation between the performers and 
the audience members. And I love breaking that fourth wall. A lot of my stuff is always about, you know, is this a play that we're watching or is this real life? You know, is this just fantasy? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, things move on. None of that really panned out into anything professional. And so around the time that I started playing D&D is when I got a day job and just started working and doing my stuff at night. And one of the things I was doing was writing about games. And so I started pitching to a outlet called The Escapist. It was newish at the time in the mid 2000s. They were sending out PDFs, like actually created PDFs, like they were zines, but they were all digital. And they got a little bit of cred in the video game scene, as well as some high res things. And I wrote about actually the first article that I sold, the first time I ever earned money from writing was an article about how I was invited to a month long retreat on a Montauk. <laughs> by Edward Albee, the famous playwright at Edward Albee Foundation. I got this award. Be like, hey, you want to come to our thing with five other artists just for a month? No strings attached. Come and be a part of it. And I brought a computer to type, to write, to make things. And all I did was play the game Alpha Centauri um, (laughs) while I was there. And I wrote about that. That that was the thing. It was like, hey, I got this great break to do amazing things. And all I wanted to do was play this one fake game because it was so, uh, you know, it just called my name during that month when I was there. But I got a check for my writing, which was amazing. And and I think actually game journalism, as I got more into doing more of that, that's the muscles that I drew on when we were writing this book, Shelly and I, because I'm not necessarily writing fiction or coming up with stories. I'm just kind of retelling my experiences during these interviews and then adding in, you know, thoughts and feelings and and personal anecdotes that related to this interview and bringing those to life. So I think a lot, that was a lot of my review work when I was doing, you know, reviewing video games. And that was the muscles I drew upon when I was uh, writing news around video games, because the news was always like, Hey, this video game's coming out, but you had to add something to it. You had to add yourself or your voice or, or get those going. And so I drew on a lot of those skills that I developed during my game journalism thing to write. Welcome to Dragon Talk. Excellent. Yeah. I, I've read more than my fair share of, uh, game reviews and promos like do i want this one <laughs> yeah yeah and that's it's really hard to make those entertaining so yeah it, i can see that yeah but adding personal touches to it and uh, sometimes having controversial opinions i gave grand theft auto five a, a, a three and a half stars out of five which was <laughs> apparently so bad that people still reached <laughs> out to me on twitter and being like what the hell this was bullshit <laughs> wow how dare you have yeah. an opinion <laughs> yeah rude So I also always fancied myself a writer. I just thought that that is what I shall do. I wrote my first short story when I was seven. And my parents are the kind of parents where they were like, anything you do is amazing. Oh, my God. Like, you're just the best. And my mom was like, you like to write? You shall write. She's a writer. Give her all the paper. Give her all the pens. Like, she's like anything that we would be sort of like, oh, that looks interesting. She was like, is that interesting? Let's get you a hobby. Why don't you? You can blow glass, too. Sure. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, She never told me until much, much later that my first short story that I was extremely proud of was actually Cinderella plagiarized, except I changed the (laughs) name. I changed Cinderella's name to her name. And the three wicked sisters were my aunt's. (laughs) and she was just like it's brilliant it's brilliant like it was just literally cinderella i didn't understand plagiarism at seven but i always wanted to write i always thought i would write novels i thought maybe like short stories as it turns out short stories are very hard to write and everything that i was writing fiction was like me like it was real life it was i'm just like i'll change my own name and i'll just write about this experience of this girl <laughs> and her name is Melly, and she lives in Portland. <laughs> and so eventually I was like, I think I just want to write nonfiction. I think that's just what I'm here to do. And after my very first game of Dungeons and Dragons, which took place at Wizards of the Coast, when I was forced to play Dungeons and Dragons because <laughs> somebody realized you could be a lot better at your job if you actually understood the game. We're paying you to market. <laughs> a fair point. A very fair point. Totally. <laughs> I resisted for so long because, like I said, I didn't think that it was for me. I didn't think there was a place for me in the D&D world. If I'm not like a typical fantasy fan, if I, I just didn't think 
role-playing game so steeped in this fantasy world would be interesting to someone like me. And when I played the first time, even before, when the dungeon master handed me Astrid, my little mini, and I just like pet her little hair, I was like, this is what I look like in Dungeons and Dragons? I'm so beautiful. I'm amazing. I really started to get it. And I was so blown away by what this game really was that I went on a crusade and I'm like, women need to play Dungeons and Dragons. And I know, I know women were playing Dungeons and Dragons, but I felt like women like me, like people who D&D wouldn't just be something that they cross paths with. I want to find those women. I want to tell everyone you have been wrong this entire time. This game is amazing. This game is empowering. This game makes you feel heroic and strong. This game embodies all the things that we're already doing. We are an adventuring party. When I'm with my girlfriends, oh yeah, like we are standing up for each other. We are supporting each other. We are celebrating each other's victories. Sometimes it's one person's time to shine and we are all here for that. Sometimes someone rolls a one and we are here for that too. And all we do is talk, 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 talk. Like we're all just telling stories all the time, all the time. It's Basically D&D with cocktails. <laughs> and actually, like, sometimes D&D does have cocktails. So on I occasion. wrote on, on occasion. Sure. Yeah. I wrote an essay about my secret life as an elf. And I sent it to an editor at the Seattle Times that I had worked with before. And she was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't get this at all. This is weird. Go back to writing about speed dating or something that I understand. <laughs> but I actually sent it to, I think she was probably my manager at the time, Liz Shu. And I was like, isn't this funny? Like, look at how much I love D&D now. And she was like, it's funny, but I think there's something here. I feel like you're on to something that we're not actually talking women and we could be bringing more women into this game. And that essay turned into a book proposal, which turned into first D&D book, Confessions of a Part-Time Sorceress, which is actually about Astrid and my <laughs> adventures in being Astrid in the D&D world, but also kind of like a how-to, but explained in a way that I felt like people like me who love reality TV and like to get pedicures and drink giant glasses of wine out of glasses <laughs> that are etched with sayings from Real Housewives. Just it really leaned into like the stereotypical me. I leaned hard into that so that I could prove to people like, yeah, but even I like it. See, like, even I like this game. And Wizards published it. And that was quite shocking. But that was my <laughs> first book. And then I got to publish a second book with Wizards about D&D. Everything I need to know I learned from Dungeons and Dragons. Both of these books have really long subtitles as well. Um, <laughs> and now this book co-authored with Greg, Welcome to Dragon Talk, is my third D&D book. So while I wouldn't necessarily be surprised to tell seven-year-old Shelly that, oh, you will be a writer. Like, you are actually going to write books. The D&D &D part, shocking. Like, I'm still <laughs> shocked. I am still 100% surprised that I'm writing books about Dungeons and Dragons. How does this happen? It's amazing. But it is a blessing. It is. And I do feel a great privilege to write about this game. I also feel a strong desire to not just let Greg down when I'm co-authoring books with him. I don't want to let our D&D community down because I feel so genuinely passionate about these people and the people who love Dungeons and Dragons and the people who love to play it as our very long subtitle speaks to. But it's a really everybody in this community is very important to us. And Welcome to Dragon Talk is actually just a love letter to those people and to the game that we all love to play. I love that. So Going through a couple of questions here, again, talking about the podcast, because I mean, the book is, you know, not just about the game and stuff, but it is about the podcast and how it works. So what are your, some of your favorite callbacks and Easter eggs with the podcast? And when did you guys know the podcast was actually a thing? It wasn't just a, something you threw together, but something that was going to click and going to have feet and run. Huh. I think uh, the first real Easter egg was when we kept referring to Shelley's voice imitation of c-3po <laughs> that callback made me laugh as well as when we tried to make a joke about it when matt mercer was on and he 
flawlessly dropped into like a Kermit the Frog <laughs> impression that was like actually like like spot on. Like you could not. Oh. You, you felt dead like dead in was... the eye. Yes, never took his eyes off. He's like, I'll see your C three PO and I will raise you. Oh, that's that'd be magical. That's unfair that, though. That that's yeah, I know. That's... Know, that's I wasn't trying to compete. To be fair, it's like. Damn. That's like facing the same bolt for you know the last line of the buffet dinner or something like that. It's like I'm gonna oh wait, no, he's gone. Okay, nope, just I'm done. (laughs) That was really fun. And then you know, there was the whole we we still don't really have a really good sign-off thing. (laughs) We don't know how to end. We said uh, we don't know how to end podcasts. So we tried various ones along the way. There was rocks fall, everyone dies at one point. When we were streaming as well, I would also (laughs) pour d20s all over my face when i would say that and then that would end <laughs> the live stream sometimes and then we're like why don't we just end it with uh with a D session it'll be really fun which has been great i i we've been running little mini five to ten minute D sessions at the end of each episode with drunky two shoes and it was mostly done <laughs> to show shelly like hey look you can just improv anything and just get over the hump of wanting to get back behind the dungeon master screen but i've also really just enjoyed the ongoing story from there even then we still don't really have a good way to end those segments no. We'll be like, okay, thank you. Uh, I think Brian, Brian just turns the music up and goes out, and then we're, just play them off. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. We, we get played off. Yeah, I think for me, things really started to solidify with Greg because I do talk about this in the book. We just weren't really regular with the cadence. We didn't have a name. For, I think we just called it like. Uh, this is the D&D podcast. There were <laughs> rotating hosts. We recorded whenever we could, basically. Like, who has time to do it? We had equipment failures all the time because we barely had the right equipment to be doing it. We needed, like, an actual producer. And we kept hiring people to do it. And then they would go off and get other jobs and leave us. I think when Greg came on board... From that afternoon when I was like, oh, we're going to record the podcast. You want to come with me? He must have seen something like, these people are a mess. And I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> I can do so much better. But he really was Greg, though, that said, we should name this thing. And yes, it is a D&D podcast. But, you know, it's really the only podcast that could be called the official Dungeons and Dragons podcast. And we should really do this on a regular basis. People should be able to rely on when we're going to hear this podcast. Let's get it on a schedule. And we should also really bring in guests to talk to because it would just be like, who has time to like, you know, talk about D&D? Who happens to be in town? Or we didn't really even have the technology to Skype people in until probably also with Greg. But (laughs) it was definitely... Greg's vision too to talk to people who were doing cool stuff with D&D like doing some like actual play podcast or making something like you're an adventure writer or you're making a map and people from outside of Wizards of the Coast really giving those people some attention that maybe they wouldn't have been able to find or they had not found yet but we wanted to give them a platform and help elevate them but all of that was really Greg's vision. So he kind of came in, like saw the potential, and he was like a house flipper. He's like, (laughs) bones. Except he never sold us off. He was just like, I'm going to live. Actually, I'm going to live here. This house is really nice. Um, (laughs) Like he saw the bones of what could be really good and just like shaped it. And I think, you know, coming from your content background, you obviously, and also just, just being a good person who just wanted to see like other people getting recognition and the attention that they deserve so that's really where the mission of dragon talk started and we haven't really strayed from that might be a good idea to drag a bard into your podcast who would have thought (laughs) we've had several right who knew i know right and uh yeah (laughs) and yeah and and she's totally right it did come from that like wanting to create content i'd been you know, I'll be perfectly honest. I was in like the grind of like making stuff. Always got to be publishing articles. You know, I only would have several days to play a video game before I could write a review about it. And and there always needed to be deadlines, deadlines and churning content and make that happen. And so when I got to Wizards of the Coast, they were like, well, we don't want you to do anything right now. We want you to just absorb and 
get to know everybody before you start doing stuff. And honestly, I was a little bit like, this feels weird. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to not be making what stuff. What do I do with my hands? <laughs> yes, exactly. It was kind of like that deal. Stir crazy, yeah. <laughs> so when Shelly was like, do you want to come here on this podcast? I was like, yes. And then I was like, oh, here's something that I can do. I have this expertise from this before times that I can bring to bear here. And all the parts were available. And it just was about pulling them together and setting everybody on the right path, which which made it really fun. And I'm it's crazy to me that that was seven years ago. And we're still, you know, seven and a half years ago now. And we're still continuing to deliver on that mission which each people that we bring in and it really helped our jobs because we get excited each week we have new perspectives coming in each week from people who are saying like hey we thank you for having us on this podcast i'm so excited to talk about the creative stuff that i'm doing that's ancillary to the game and i don't know i just get re-energized each time we talk to somebody and that's hopefully what the readers and listeners are feeling as well absolutely yeah all right, we're starting to run a little long on time, so I've got one <laughs> last question Shoot. before we go into the Monster Mash. <laughs> if you had to recommend a single episode for a new listener to get into Dragon Talk, which episode would you choose? Uh, oof. I know which one I would choose. Okay. You go first. I would choose Rufus Hound. Yeah. And this is one that Greg wrote about in the book, but it's a little bit of everything that we've talked to rufus probably doesn't need us to like elevate his platform he's a, a comedian an actor based in the uk very well known there a lot of people know him here at his entry into DD, he's got a great story but he also like one of the things that greg and i just blows our mind every time is when people talk to us about the ways that DD has impacted their lives have changed their lives have helped them on this quest for self-discovery and it's often like wow really like a game like has done that for you but it does it time and time and time again his story i'm not going to spoil anything because you really should listen to it if you haven't listened to that one is ow. it's it blew our minds and we all all three of us were crying on the podcast oh yeah but also laughing at the same time and like laughing, it was... which is the best yes, yeah absolutely it is a fantastic and again we do I try to do it justice by writing about it in the book, Welcome to Dragon Talk. And shout out to Daniel Barrett, our colleague in the UK, who yes. happened to listen to Rufus Hound tell this story on a brewing podcast. Like it was nothing that was not gaming related at all, but he told this story and it was Daniel Barrett who was like, you need to get this and have the biggest platform it can have because it is why we do this job, uh, right? It, was, it's, yeah. it's, it goes beyond just making this a game, and it, which we've said a lot recently. It's how D&D &D makes you a better person. Sometimes very tangible ways that you can be like this. I can point to this, how I've learned something about myself or I've learned how much I enjoyed spending time with this group of people week in and week out. Or it can be as just silly as like, oh yeah, I learned how to read. I learned how to, you know, problem solve in a group. I learned how to do simple arithmetic and practice that very well because I was able to do it around a table. And so I think uh, that's a good one. That is definitely a really good uh, episode to jump into. But I'm going to do a little bit of a cop out and just say the last one of Dragon Talk uh, because we do it week in and week out. And I don't, and it is not necessarily like about current events, but I think what's cool about what we've been doing over the last seven years is that we have a you know great long backlog. You don't necessarily need to be you know in the time of when it was when it was happening, right. but it does really feel new and current when we talk to folks each week. And so you don't need to have you know you're mentioning Easter eggs and blah, blah blah. You don't need to have like a whole bunch of knowledge of each previous episode to jump in with what's happening right now. And, and most of the times we're talking about something that's really current and really kind of fresh uh, and interesting that someone is doing with the D and D uh, hobby. So that's what I'd say. The last one. Awesome. And then you also find out what's happening with Drunken Two-Shoes. Right. Go on from there. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, I think that brings us to the end of the interview portion and brings us into a segment that we like to call the Monster Mashup, where we roll some dice on our random table and create a monster on the fly. Chaos woohoo. So, All right. I will let you decide amongst yourselves who will get the first roll. The first roll is going to be a D4 for locomotion. Do you have a D4 you wanna... handy? I do, actually. Do it. Two. Two? Yes. We got another runner. This one runs. All right. <laughs> we got fast zombies. <laughs> All right. Uh, next is a D6 roll for what does it eat? All right. I got a D6. What does it eat? Four. Tacos. Fruits and vegetables. Oh, oh. tacos are still an option. It's me. We got a fast taco eater. <laughs> it's, it's you, the run you're a runner. Yes. 
Ass talking <laughs> vegetarian. <laughs> All right. Next is another D6 roll for size. You go. Four. Four? It is large. Also Ooh, me. <laughs> and in charge. Do we have to roll for that or does that just go? So, so far, we have a moose. Yes, I love moose. Moose are like high on my list of favorite animals. That and the Canadian geese. They just have a bunch of animosity to them. I love them. <laughs> well, you know yeah. that every year the Canadians perform a ritual to remove all of their hatred and channel it into the geese. Yes, I love the goose. <laughs> this is this is fact and not made up at all. <laughs> okay, next is a D8 roll for social organization. I'm going to go with this bluey. Let's go. What do you got? Five. Five. Pack. Three to ten individuals. Uh, I'm saying we could actually make this totem of geese that is the reservoir for Canadian hatred. We we can make this a thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's a runner, though, so it might be a a pack of mooses, as you're saying. It could be a pack of moose, yeah, but I mean, you also have the cobra chicken. Or or we we can go Australian with this and make them emus. Ooh. And we can watch those horrible, horrible... um, Insurance commercials. Uh, okay. Oh, so this this is going to inform a great deal. I need a D10 roll for native environment. You got that, Greg? All right, I got a D10 do it. handy. All right. Uh, a five. We've done very average on our rolls here. All right. And now I also need a D6 on top of that to... This one has multiple options. A one. A one. An Arctic forest. Ooh. Dude, this is moose all along we, here. We are going back to moose. We, we have dire deer. Dire, dire deer. deer. <laughs> Large ass dire deer. Bullwinkle. It is bullwinkle. Bull moose and squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. Moose and squirrel. <laughs> zip, zip. Oh, I'm going to make myself twitch with the moose. It's going to be fun. <laughs> moose is actually one of my, my more common vocal tics. So. <laughs> oh, no way. That's amazing. We're, okay. we're channeling them. <laughs> Uh, next is a D12 for method of defense. I got a D12 here somewhere. All right. Ready? Three. Three. It has a venomous bite. Ooh. Moose bites can be nasty. Who knew they were poisonous, I love, though? A, a moose bit my sister once. <laughs> yes. We'll, we'll channel our Monty Python into this. <laughs> okay. And now this is where we can screw everything up. Boy. Another D12 roll for creature type. I got one ready. Right. You ready? All right. Do it. All right. Eight. Eight. It is a fiend. Ooh. A fiendish moose. Wow. Shadow moose. Its horns must have uh, venom on the end of it, I think. Yeah, I could see that. Oh, um, maybe like a jellyfish. So like if it hits things, like the jellyfish can stun their prey. So it can like ram something and, and give it a stun effect. Ooh. I mean, I could still see it just having a venomous bite. Maybe it eats poisonous things. And okay. so and so the poison from the plants just lingers in its saliva. And so it technically has a venomous bite. Right. Yeah, I could see that. Or kind of like the uh, Komodo dragon where they've got that yeah. drooly thing in the bacteria. So it's like that just with the herbivore. And I oh, mean, yeah. it would make a really good method of defense, too. So, I mean, yeah, that that works as... And it doesn't necessarily, again, poison doesn't have to be lethal. It could be stunning or debilitating or, or confusing to allow it to escape or to otherwise get away. A psychedelic venomous bite. That would be... Oh, psychedelic moose. <laughs> you get affected. Okay. Yeah. That, that fits fiendish type really well, too. Ooh. Yeah. All right. The Next. trees are melting. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely demonic more than devilish, right? As yeah. Far as the yeah goes, right? I am feeling that this is definitely going to be more chaotic than an agent of chaos. yes yeah next is a d20 roll for quirks got it four or heavily camouflaged oh my god i like it if it's a shadow moose it'd blend with the shadows of the trees in this arctic forest maybe that's like a almost like a zebra black and whitish <laughs> <It's a zebra laughs> oh i love oh i love our little monster <laughs> okay I love that. And <laughs> and now we make it weird. Oh, now now now. now, now. So I would like a D one hundred roll from each of you, please. Okay, this is gonna be so fun. <laughs> Forty seven. Forty seven. We've got can magically summon others of its kind when threatened. Yes, yes, I would. love this thing. Yeah, this is one of the best things we've made in a long time. I love this shadow moose. I love it. I have an eighty-four. Okay, just a second. 
what is the 84 going to do? <laughs> Something Does it get more amazing. weird the higher the numbers go up? Like, Sometimes. Is it 84, 84? Yes. Eight four. Its hide is prized by armorers for its resiliency and armor crafting. Oh. I could see that. It would give protection against frost spells or frost magic. And camouflage you. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's fiendish, then it would be resistant to fire. Yeah. I could see a fire and if it because it's it's a arctic creature, so it would be both. Fire I, I could see having fire resistance, cold resistance, and maybe a plus one to stealth check or stealth roll or an advantage on stealth roll. I mean, if, if you want to go and deal with a herd of these things, because it sounds like it'd be kind of a challenge to harvest. Right? Yeah. That's what I like about it, though, that but that it's coveted, that people want to find it, right? And yeah. so they lead hunting parties, and then all of a sudden they summon in all their friends. <laughs> That's because you have to all. be a special flavor of crazy to hunt these things. <laughs> <laughs> Just normal moose. You should yeah, I know, right? mess with. I love this thing. This is I want I one do as a pet. Too. I, I kind of really want one as a pet. <laughs> oh, I like this, like, shimmery, like a zebra-like quality too to their fur. Yeah. Okay. So let's recap what we've got. It runs. It feeds on fruits and vegetables. It is large in size. It runs in a pack of three to ten individuals. It is native to Arctic forests. It has a venomous bite. It is a fiend creature type. It is heavily camouflaged. It can magically summon others of its kind whenever it's threatened. And its hide is prized by armorsmiths for armor making. Oof. Now comes the hardest question of all. Uh, what do name? we name it? The Shadus. <laughs> Shadus. I just took a Shadus. <laughs> 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 what do you call what do you call multiple shadoos? Shad shadooses. Oh. <laughs> yes, I love it. Deuces. <laughs> We're out. Shadooses. Okay. So we have our ending now for Dragon Talk. Shadooses. <laughs> so, so is, is it spelled, you know, deuce E U C E or is it <laughs> That's up to you guys. If you uh, want to do D O O S E or that's the sound that makes when it burst through a giant like snowdrift. Shut in, shut in. Yes, like Shazam, you know exactly. Yes. I love yes. it. I love in the it. call when it needs to summon its friends when it's threatened. It says Shadooses. <laughs> that's the sound. That's the sound that its friends make whenever they magically appear. Whenever oh, they yeah, pop into existence, as a pop pop in each one. <laughs> I love this. Yes. Have you, have you uh, seen the cartoon uh, Centaur World? No, I've not. Can't say I have. It's, it's on Netflix. It is basically like what we're describing here. It's like D and D esque. In that there are centaurs, but there's centaurs of all types. There's cat tars, there's cactus tars. There's... <laughs> I, I think I've seen a trailer for it, but I haven't watched it. Yeah. I'm My kid loves now. it. It's a musical. It's amazing. And it's the, the, the kind of fever dream of what we're coming up with here for the Shadis <laughs> is, is so, definitely in the same vein. That's, that's what happens when you get bit. Oh, man. <laughs> The bite is also... Oh, I just had a seducionation oh. right now. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. All right. Yes. That was wonderful. Okay. Amazing. I love it. So one of the things we like to ask our guests whenever they come on is to give a shout out to someone else in the TTRPG community. It can be a content creator. It can be a podcaster, an artist, a musician, anyone who is at least tangentially related to the TTRPG sphere. Who would you like to shout out today you have one craig i got ma'am i'm like going through so many of them in my head <laughs> I know. um i'm gonna give a shout out to dr b he lives here in our neck of the woods here in west seattle he is a fantastic clinical psychologist he does work with take this which is battling mental health problems within the gaming industry and uh, bringing them to light uh, he's a fantastic player and person and just bright, shining light in the community. And uh, I love uh, everything he does. So that's my shout out for Dr. B and Take This. That's a good one. Yeah. And and we had him on Dragon Talk. There's an episode where we, Long time that was ago. back when we, before we had a studio, we had him in a, yeah. in a conference <laughs> in a room conference in, the, room. in Dominaria, right? Like, where yes. we were like, oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 
I would like to give a shout out to Women of D&D, which is a wonderful community. Uh, you can find them on social media at Women of D&D, D-N-D, also online at womenofdnd.com. And I love this organization. They are out there helping to raise femme voices, showing these amazing creators and the work that they're doing and helping to, you know, just raise awareness for a very talented, diverse community of creators. I think it's amazing to see how many women are actually out there creating work in the TRPG space. And they share a mission with Dragon Talk, which is obviously to elevate and raise voices, lift you up. And you will find some really amazing, talented creators out there. If you follow them, they do these really short, but really wonderful interviews with the people that they're shining a light on. And I have found so many just very talented people, a lot of them that I've read their interviews and then invited them to be like a guest on how to be a DM on a segment on Dragon Talk. So I highly encourage if you're not following women of D&D, please do so. And I give them a lot of credit for elevating a lot of very talented people that may not have had that attention otherwise. Excellent. You want to level up all awesome. voices, even if those voices are saying the word shadoos. <laughs> especially Wait, if they're saying shadoos. Yes. Especially, not especially. Especially if they're Let's saying shadoos. Yes. And now we've come full circle. Callback after callback. The after circle callback. of life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding up a large shadoos. <laughs> a baby shadoos. A baby shadoos. <laughs> <laughs> come on greg they're large they i know and finally we did invite you on to talk about your work so we yes. would be remiss if we did not let you plug mm -hmm. your work so i want to open the floor and let you talk about what you've got where we can find you on social media where we can buy welcome to dragon talk the floor is yours we have Welcome to Dragon Talk in actual mm -hmm. copy form uh, right here. Ooh. You can pre-order it from the University of Iowa Press website right now. If you do, we are told you can get it actually pretty early. Some of the folks who pre-order already have gotten <laughs> copies, even though it officially comes out on December 5th. There will be an audiobook coming as well, which you can get through any of the places that you get audiobooks. All of them. There's a whole list of them. I don't have them in front of me right now, but they are going to be having us read to you if you if that's the way you like to consume oh, books excellent. now we have been recording those over the last couple of weeks and it's been really great that's how shelly knows about uh, especially um <laughs> and of course you can listen to dragon talk anywhere you get podcasts we are uh, continuing week in and week out introducing community members to the rest of the DD community out there and uh, being inspired by them each week check us out there give a review shout out to other folks there but i think what's really cool about welcome to dragon talk is that you don't necessarily need to be a follower of the podcast or listen to each week it really should be uh, thought of as a guide to the DD community if people are playing in their own but don't really understand that there is a large community of people out there online and offline that are doing amazing things hopefully this can be like oh i'll follow some of those folks i'll see what they're doing i'll get inspired to do similar stuff so in that way i think it's a really good gift for people who are DD &D curious out there as we get into this holiday season and it can hopefully dispel a lot of those old stereotypes out there for folks uh, who as i said are curious about why this hobby is the world's greatest role-playing game and actually makes you a better person. Did you say your own socials? Oh, right. I'm at Greg Tito uh, <laughs> on Twitter. For now, while it's still around, um, I'm also on co-host, uh, also at Greg Tito. I haven't posted much there, but I will be jumping at some point, I'm sure. Greg underscore Tito on Instagram. I also have a Star Trek rewatch podcast called Reengage. You can get that everywhere you get podcasts. You can follow us on social at Reengage TNG. And I have a short film that I wrote that I produced that is coming out to festivals, hopefully in the next few months. That's called Ex-Husband. Follow along for all the news there on Ex-Husband Film. And uh, very excited about that. Awesome. Greg, great job as usual. <laughs> All I have to do is say I'm at Shelly Moo on Twitter and Instagram, or you can check out my website at ShellyMazanoble.com. So hope to see you out there. Go buy Confessions of a Part-Time Sorceress. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There are everything you need to learn from D&D. &D. Yes. And they're, they're, yeah. they both are available as audiobooks as well. However, I wasn't asked to narrate them. Um, <laughs> 
So some other person did. Uh, so so I, I am seeing like a an updated master's edition where you can go and, and do the narration. Yeah. Uh, a very a very lovely talented woman narrates them, but I'm sure she was probably like, what the what? Like <laughs> out, what? Uh, anyway. I don't want to trade self-help for elf help. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe she's favorite. a huge D and D player now. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe you reached you a more her. audience. Yeah. Wider audience. I can't believe that you haven't reached out to her yet. Yeah, seriously. You should have like, hey, how was your first D&D game? Don't, don't assume she hasn't. Just assume yeah, how, if you haven't played yet, why not? So it's been Tell 13 years, character. and I'm assuming that you finally have rolled up a character. Because okay. everybody's doing it now. Exactly. Yeah. See, it's trendy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She probably has a really good dinner party nugget now that she can just be like, you know what's weird about me? I once narrated <laughs> books about, about Dungeons and Dragons and this girl trying to be like better by playing that game. And then her friends told her it's an amazing idea. And she had to like actually check in out fact, the game and now she's hooked. Yeah. Could be. She's probably being profiled on women of D&D right now. Right now. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> All right. Well, Greg, Shelly, thank you both so very yes. much for joining thank us you. tonight for Under Common Taste. It has been a blast. It really, it really has. has. Thank, you so thank you. Yeah, this has thank been a pleasure. Both. This is great. I love it. <laughs> and and thank I thank you for those tables. I love being able to roll oh. and, and, and make <laughs> stuff up. That's like one of my I, favorite things. So. Me that's, too. That's one of our favorite parts of these interviews is yes. getting to unwind at the end. It's very, and just, and it's just let the creative awesome. juices go. Happy yes. birthday. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to read you my quote okay. <laughs> we can do that after we go off stream that'll be yeah. fun <laughs> and thank you everyone for listening tonight if you have any comments suggestions or ideas please send us an email under common taste at gmail.com or send us a direct message through our twitter account if the burning husk still remains <laughs> at UCT Homebrew. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitch. Just search for Undercommon Taste. We finally got enough followers on YouTube to get our handle. So thank you, to, thank you to our friends Hi. who got us up Huzzah. high enough to Huzzah. with an, got us enough subscribers to get our handle. We are on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/UndercommonTaste. That's where we put all of our write-ups. That's where the Shaduce will go once I get it written up. <laughs> um, that will be a free write-up for everybody. We also just opened our own itch store, undercommontaste.itch.io. The only thing we have up on there right now so far is Beneath the Lake, which is my module that I wrote for Liminal Horror, for the Liminal Horror Jam that cool. I just found out as I was uploading it got extended to January. <laughs> um, and finally we are on discord you can find a link to the discord in our show notes and we'd love to have you come over and chat with us if this is your first time listening to us welcome we are so glad you found us you can find our other episodes wherever you listen to your podcast we're on apple iHeartRadio, google itunes all of that as always please give us a rating and review this helps uh increase our visibility and it lets us know what you want to hear more of thanks Dave, everyone and we will see you all in two weeks happy gaming Shadooses. Hi. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Undercommon Taste. Our theme song is Massacre Anne, written and performed by Mary Kroll and used with permission. You can find Mary online at marycroll.bandcamp.com or on Patreon at patreon.com slash drmarycroll. Our logo is by David Sutherland. You can find more of David's work on deviantart.com slash davidsutherland or on Instagram.com slash WillX underscore 73. We'll be back in two weeks, so stay safe, and we'll see you then.